getting into this message. Uh, just just want to say, if you guys want to get connected, we love for you to get connected. We've given a, a, a inroad to be able to do that, and that's through our growth track. And uh, today's step three, but you can jump in any time on any step. And so don't hesitate. Don't wait till one. Go ahead and jump in on three if you want, okay? Just wanted to make note of that. Uh, we, we started a series uh, called How to Be Brave. Uh, a few w- weeks ago, and uh, and the reason is, is I believe that a lot of people struggle uh, with being courageous, being brave, uh, being fearless, uh, and and people are imprisoned to fear, anxieties, worries, cares, all those different things, and they hold it holds people back from what God has for them. And I'm going to tell you, throughout life, we're having to deal with stuff all the time where it requires us being brave. Brave to step out. Brave. Some of you, you, you hurdled uh, some obstacles to get here today uh, because, because you, uh, you, you know, church hasn't been your thing and you have to be brave to get here. And so thank you for being here. I believe that God's going to speak to you and, and he's going to do some amazing things. But I want you to know that scripture uh, tells us to be brave. I want to turn your attention to First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 16, and we're going to launch for there. And uh, I want to share a lot of thoughts with you today. And so get your ears open and your heart open and, and let's let God speak to us. First uh, Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 uh, through 14, it says, watch, stand fast in faith, be brave, be strong, let all that you do be done with love. And there's a couple of things here that I, I noted in the past uh, messages, if you've been able to attend. The word watch here uh, actually means to be vigilant. And that word be vigilant means to keep careful watch for possible danger and difficulties. And so we've got to, we've got to be vigilant in, uh, in watching. I, I don't know if you know, but there's, there's an adversary out there. There's a devil out there that's out to kill, steal, and destroy. And, uh, and, and if we're not being watchful, then he can come in and have inroad into our lives and cause destruction. I think one way that he does come in and that he causes us to not experience the, the greatest that God has for us is through fear. I, I think that fear grips a lot of people's hearts and it holds people captive and it, it keeps people and prevents people from moving forward. I think more so than we care to admit. I think, I believe that's the case. And, and, and that's one of the tactics or the devices of the devil that, uh, that gets people and holds people back from what God has for them. Don't you agree? It's, it's true whether you agree or not. It's, it's a fact. And so it says, watch and stand fast in faith. Be brave, be strong. And then the other thing is, let all that you do be done with love. Well, this is the word agape or the God kind of love. Or we, we understand scripture. The Bible says that God is love. Well, we could say it this way, that let everything be done with God. Everything that we do, let it be done with God. And, and, and as I said earlier, if we'll work the word, the word will work. If we'll uh, put the word of work, God to work in our lives, then God will begin to have uh, his way in our lives. And so we talked about a couple of things in this series. We talked about how to have a right perspective. That's how we launched. If we're going to be brave, we need to have the right perspective. Our perspective will determine whether we're going to be brave or not. 
And so we talked about the first week, and if you want to go back and listen to these, you can go online at our website and you can listen there. Last week we talked about uh, be anxious for nothing. And that word anxious means to have anxiety. Don't have any anxiety about nothing. Don't have any frets. Don't have any cares, any worries. And it tells us how to do that. And we opened up Philippians, and I'm going to read to you today, Philippians, because I'm going to take you to another area that I think that will uh, help us to, not, to, to make sure that we're being brave and not giving in to fear. So Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, and let's turn there. I've got a lot of ground to cover today. And uh, if you'll track with me, if you'll pull upon me, I believe that we're going to accomplish great things today, that lives will be changed, and that transformation will take place in the lives of people. And that your faith will be built And that you'll go forward with great strength and with great uh, bravery and great courage. And you'll accomplish everything that God has you to accomplish. That you're not going to be held back like maybe you are right now. Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 through 7 it says rejoice in the Lord always. How many of you rejoicing this morning? Look at this. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Only if I feel like it. Well, I just don't feel like rejoicing. Well, I just don't feel like getting up. I just don't feel like it. Well, feelings have nothing to do with it. What are you doing consulting, consulting your feelings? Right? And it says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And then it goes on to say, let your gentleness be known to all men. That the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything, in every situation. By prayer and supplication, we broke all that down last week. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, after you do these things, finally, brethren, get this. I want you to understand something. Let's focus in here. Let's, let's take it a step further, is what Paul the Apostle is saying. Finally, my brethren, he says this, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things or think on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Today I want to talk to you about how to be brave. In order to do that, we need to develop a courageous mind. A courageous mind. It's not something that just happens. It's something that we have to develop. It's something that we have to... We have to we have to make happen in our, in our lives. It's not, we're just not going to automatically be courageous. Paul the Apostle, he says, listen, I need you to understand that the way you think will determine the, the course of your life. If you continue on in the way that you're thinking, then it's going to produce some, some things in your life that you just do not want. Now, let's get, let's get a picture of this. Many times we read scripture and we just, we just kind of cruise through it. And we think, oh man, that's great. Let's understand what, what was going on in Paul's life. Many of us don't realize that these, this is historical. This is history 
that took place in somebody's life and, and he was in a place in his life. There, there were storms going on in his life. There, was, you know, there were things going on in his life. Now Paul, when he said rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, he was pinning this, he was writing this while he was in prison. Yeah. He's in prison. And I'm sure their prisons weren't anything like our prisons. And so he was in prison and he's saying, I want you to rejoice. I want you to not, I don't want you to be anxious about anything. Here he is in prison. For, for preaching the gospel, he's sitting there in prison. And then he says, you know what? Think on the good things. Don't you know that he had a lot of negative things to think about? He had a lot of negative, negative things going on. I used to do prison ministry. I did that for three years. And I, I, I took in a team of about 20 people in, in, in several different prisons. I, I went to uh, death row. I went to maximum security, minimum security. I went to, you know, I went to uh, women's prison, men's prisons. I, 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 I held uh, different church services in these different prisons, prisons and went uh, from cell to cell. And, 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 and so I, I, I did a lot of diff- these different things. And man, while I was there, I didn't see a lot of positive things to think about. I saw some of the most wicked things I've ever seen in my life take place in prison. Happening, especially when I went from cell to cell. Yet Paul said this. Think on these things. He said, your circumstances, your situations, what's going on in your life does not have to determine what's going on inside your heart. You can have a peace that passes all understanding take place in your heart, even though you might have all kinds of negative circumstances going on in your life. One of the reasons why we don't move out in some of the things that God has for us is because because we're allowing things in our head that eventually affect our heart. We're going to look at, for just a moment, at another guy. His name's Joshua. You ever heard of him? I want to read to you Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 through 8, 6 through 9. This is, this is God speaking to Joshua, and, and God's talking to Joshua. And, and, you, and again, he's another, this is another guy that, that uh, uh, you know, there was things going on in his life that I don't think many times we realize. Circumstances going on in his, their lives that, that we're having to deal with. And many times we're saying, poor old me, poor old me. And then we look at their circumstances, we might change our, our way of thinking. But God said to Joshua in, in verse 6 of chapter 1, it says, Be strong and of good courage. So that tells me if he's telling Joshua to be strong and in good courage, then it's possible. Not only for Joshua, but it's possible for you and I. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. I think God's trying to get his point across. Be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. I looked up that word prosper and that word prosper means to have success and, and act wisely. Act wisely. He says, be strong and very courageous. 
The book, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Make sure that you're continually speaking the word of God. But meditate in it day and night. Not just occasionally, but all the time. You know, the word of God needs to be so real to us that, that that's how we live our life. We process everything through the word. We live. Some of you may not understand this, but you can live your life that way that everything that you look and you address and you deal with is, is done based on God's word. That you actually live out the word, that you become the word being lived out in, in this earth. The word of God can be lived out through you. In other words, we can rejoice and, and again say, I can rejoice. In other words, I can cast every anxiety, every care on the Lord. I don't have to carry those things. That means I can be strong and very courageous. And, 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 and so we, we we're to live out the word of God in our life. But it goes on to say, where am I? It says, uh, it says in verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not. It tells me that I have a choice in the matter. That when fear comes, I don't need to give in to it. That it may come knocking, it may come and it may present itself to me, but I don't have to give in to fear. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now understand what's going on in Joshua's life. Listen, he just lost his mentor. This is Moses. It was after Moses died that God came to Joshua and God saying, Joshua, I want you to take the children of Israel into the promised land where, where I intended for them to live. But they've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. I want you to go ahead and take them into the promised land. You know, they weren't made. They were not made. They were not designed for the wilderness. They were designed for the promised land. And I'm going to say that every one of us, we're not designed for the wilderness. We're designed for the promised land. We're designed for what God has intended for us to experience. We're designed for health. We're at our best when we're living in health and not in sickness and disease. We're designed to be blessed and to be a blessing. That's what we're designed. Anytime we're not living out that blessed life and, and being uh, blessed and being a blessing, we're not living according to our design. That's why we so many times are experiencing frustration in our life. And we're, we're dismayed in our life because we're not living according to the design that God has designed us for. I want you to hear me out. We're designed for the Word of God. We've never been designed to live outside of God's word, God's values, God's principles. We've been designed for his word and to live by his word, to think by his word, to process by his word, to accomplish uh, according to his word. We've been designed that way. And God's talking to Joshua and Joshua just lost his mentor. Forty years at least we know of. That he walked with Joshua, I know. I mean, with Moses, I know he was longer than that, but at least forty years, and he lost. He lost his mentor. Don't you know that his heart was probably grieving because of the loss that he had just encountered? 
And that he was going through some things emotionally, but God says, listen, I want the focus off of you. It's no longer about you. There's an inheritance that I want to divide among these people. And it's, it's, in, it's essential that you lead and that you lead strong and that you lead with courage. Amen. Don't you know that God knows your circumstances? He does. But even in the midst of those circumstances, he's requiring, he's requiring bravery from you. He's requiring it of me that we step out into what he has for us. You're always going to have circumstances. Every one of us. But we've got to change our thinking. We have to have a courageous mind. There's four things that I laid out if you're following with the notes on, in your notes really quick. Number one, peace comes from a courageous mind. If you're struggling with peace right now in your life, it's because, it's because you're thinking on the wrong things. Your mind needs to be renewed by the Word of God. That's why you're struggling in life. Secondly, strength comes from a courageous mind. There's a strength that when you think right, when you think according to God's Word, there's a strength that comes with it. Thirdly, there's energy that comes from a courageous mind. You have the energy to move forward. You want to, you want to go forward. You want to move out of the wilderness and into the promised land. There's an energy. There's a, there's a, a passion. There's a life. There's a, a liveliness to you when you, have, when you have the right mind. Set this mind on the things of the Spirit, and it produces life and peace. And then faith comes from a courageous mind. Let me say this real quick. When you focus on wrong things, fear is produced. But when you focus on right things, faith is produced. Wherever your focus is right now will produce something. It's, it's, I mean, it's going to happen. Whatever you're focused on will produce something. And I'm here to tell you there's no limit to what God wants to do in our life except for the limit that we put on God. And so let me, let me, let me just give you some thoughts real quick and how to, how to develop this courageous mind. Do I have your attention yet? Some of you are struggling. Some of you, come on, you need to hook up. Because I believe God wants to speak to us today. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, I want to read this to you. It says this, it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension, every lofty claim that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. How do we, how do we develop a courageous mind, according to 2 Corinthians 10? Number one is we need to capture, and I, I added this word, interrogate every fearful thought. Amen. Bible says to bring every thought captive. And we need to interrogate, why am I experiencing fear? We just had our women's conference. Yay. Amen. Wasn't it awesome for you women that came? Amen. We had our women's conference and uh, Rita Springer uh, was speaking and she said she made a comment there was a couple of things that she said that really spoke loudly to me and that the Lord used to speak to me and speak to my heart but one one of the things that she said 
she said that, uh, that, that she's discovered in her life is that the devil will come and he will attack in the area of their strength, uh, of her strength, with the opposite. And, and, and she says, my gift is not, net, it's not music, though she's a wonderful musician. And, and she says, that's not my gift. My gift is encouragement. Yes. And she says, what I get attacked with is discouragement. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And, and, and I'm going to say this. Why is it that you are being attacked with fear right now? Why is it? Interrogate it. Why, why is it that you've been... I remember when I first came to the Lord... When I first came to the Lord, it wasn't long that I, after I came to Jesus, I, I, I was being challenged by the Lord to give the biggest offering I had given above my tithe, my regular tithe. When I came in the Lord, it wasn't a problem with me tithing. I didn't know anything about the things of God, but I saw in Scripture it says to tithe and give. And I didn't have a problem with tithing and, and it, it just because I was spending so much on alcohol. It's like to tithe, I was actually still coming out ahead. And, and and because I seriously I was I was drinking that much uh, every day. And so it's like okay, you know, 10% of the first of my income was not a, it was not a struggle. And and I grew up poor and I didn't grow up with very much and so what I gained I appreciated and I, you know, I I want I valued and and instead of me and by the way, you can you 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 can have not a nickel in your pocket and money still have you. And God doesn't want money to have us. God wants us to have money. Okay? He's not opposed to us prospering. He just doesn't want us to be in bondage to our prosperity. Does that make sense? And so I, I remember he's challenging me. I wasn't born again for very long. And he, I felt like he put it in my heart, in my knower. I just had this impression that I was supposed to give $100 above my regular giving. And I remember, you, I mean, you would have thought it was a million dollars. I struggled with it. I mean, it was, it was, there's like fear was gripping my heart. It's like if I give this $100, I'm never going to eat again. My son's going to starve. I was a single parent at that time. It's like my and I, I raised my son, and so until my wonderful wife came to be, and so anyway, uh, I, I was I was like I was fighting and struggling. I, I wrote that check, but uh, I was in the back, and and it's almost like by the time that offering bucket came by, I almost talked myself out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God that day, something broke in my life. And when it came, it's like, no, I, I, I just really sensed strongly that the Lord wanted me to do this. And I threw that check in there. And when I threw that check in there, something broke off of my life that day. And, and now it's a gift in my life to give. I believe I was being challenged. I still believe that I, I you know, I, I, in, in many ways uh, can be challenged uh, not, not to give, but maybe challenged financially to get resources in to be able to give because I'm a giver. And, and, the, and here's the point is that we need to interrogate, bring captive that thought that's trying to hold us back and keep us back from taking the, the step that God wants us to take, to do what God wants us to do. We need to bring that thought, thought captive and say, no, I'm going to obey God, but I want to know why I'm having that fearful thought. Why is it? What is, what is the devil trying to prevent uh, in my life that God wants 
or uh, that God wants to do in my life. We need to interrogate. Here, let me give you a scripture real quick. 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 21-22 says, But examine everything carefully. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every evil. Examine. Some of us just allow any old thought to go through our mind. And it just passes through there, and we sit there and think on it, meditate on it, and it's just like, you know, whatever, whatever. We need to, we need to bring those thoughts captive and say, uh-uh, no longer. No longer are you going to stay here. Second thing I want to share with you today and how to, how to develop this courageous mind, not only do we need to bring those thoughts captive, not only do we need to interrogate and discover why it is that I'm even having those thoughts of fear, those thoughts of worry, anxiety, and fretting, and why is it? What's, why, why am I having them? But the second thing in order to develop this is that we need to demolish. We need to demolish every fearful thought. I mean, we need to put a stop to it. We need to crush it. We need to get rid of it out of our thinking. It came. I understand. I stopped it. I, am, I, I interrogated it, but now let's demolish that dude. Let's get rid of it. Let's just, I mean, let's, uh, uh, in, I, I mean, remove it totally out of our thinking. Don't sit there and think over it and go over it and go over it and go over it. Get rid of it. It's destructive. You destroy it or it'll destroy you. It will destroy you. No matter how small or how big it is, it will bring destruction because every thought is a seed that will grow up into a harvest. Yes, sir. Every thought that we, that we allow into our thoughts, into our thinking, is not just a seed, it's not just something small. It's like, oh, it's no big deal. It is a huge deal and the devil wants you to believe that it's no big deal. It's a, it's a little thing that will grow up to be a big thing and a monster in our life. And we've got to demolish it. Those thoughts come in, they try to take over our life. And it will take over our life if we don't put an end to it. I believe God's speaking to us. We either demolish or be devoured by it. There are things that are eating us up right now. Just eating away at our peace, eating away at our joy, eating away at our marriages, eating away at our our. our, our possibilities, our potential, just eating away because we don't put an end to it. There's some of, some of you here today that you need to be doing more than you've done ever before. But you're allowing fear to hold you back. Fear of getting hurt. Oh my gosh. If I feared getting hurt, I wouldn't do a thing. Welcome to humanity. You're going to get hurt. You're going to hurt people and you're going to get hurt. It's just part of life. That's why we need to forgive. That's why God made provision for it. Forgive. And receive forgiveness. Amen? Because we're going to hurt people and we're going to get hurt. Do I mean to intentionally hurt people? Sometimes I want to. But not intentionally.
But you need to step out and do it. I, I, can t- I cannot tell you all the excuses that I hear that keep people from moving out and what God has for them. How did Jesus deal with it? When the devil came to him, what did he do? He spoke the word. He demolished those thoughts. He says, it is written. How do you demolish those thoughts? It is written. Shut up. Silence you. Silence that fear. Silence the devil. Say, no more. You're not going to come into my life. I silence you. By the way, it is the devil that's working. Second, Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says, For God has given us the spirit of fear, has not given us the spirit of fear. I said that wrong. None of you said anything, did you? Are you following me? I was testing you. I actually wasn't. I said it wrong. For, for God is not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Notice here that fear is a spirit. God's not giving us a spirit of fear. There's demonic forces out there that are trying to prevent you from doing what God wants you to do. I think that many times, all the time, this is happening, is that the devil comes in, of which many people don't believe in. I, I made this, I made this, uh, uh, this statement a few weeks ago. That at least I heard it from Barna, Barna Research, and I don't know how they came up with it, but they said that 60% of believers do not believe in the devil. It's like, oh my goodness. Devil's having a heyday in their life. The Bible tells us not to be ignorant of the devices of the devil. Be aware how he operates, what he uses. Let me tell you what he uses. He uses fear as a tactic to manipulate, to direct. And we're, in many times, nothing more than a, than a puppet in the, in the devil's hand doing what he wants us to do. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. We need to demolish the devil with the word of God. We need to speak his word. We speak his word. No, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to obey God. The Bible says, and I'm going to be willing and obedient. Because if I'm willing and obedient, I'll eat the best of the land. Therefore, this temptation, that's, this fear to, to not do what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm not going to give in to. Instead, I'm going to be willing and obedient. I'm going to have the right heart behind it. I'm not just going to obey, but I'm going to have the right attitude behind it. I'm going to be willing to do what God wants me to do. Not because I have to, but because I, I love him with everything that's in me. I never want to break his heart. I never want to hurt his heart. I love God. And therefore, I'm going to do it. Devil, shut up. Remove yourself from my presence. You have no place. Fear, you have no place in my life. We demolish every thought. Every fearful thought that's not of God. Number three, can I give you my last little? Hold on to every faith-filled thought. You've got to hold on to those good thoughts. It's something, once you get them, you've got to hold on to them. And Second uh, Corinthians, once again, it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage uh, war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are 
not weapons of the world. On contrary, they, are, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to God. We make our mind obedient. And we hold on to that obedience. Our obedient thoughts. I'm going to think God thoughts. I'm going to think the word of God. I'm going to hold on to that thought. Because I want my life to go the right direction, not the wrong direction. I don't want to be a pawn in the, in the hands of the devil. I want, to be, I want to be in the hands of God. I want him directing my life, not know some fear in my life. Amen? Amen. According to Mark chapter 4, these thoughts can be, these seeds of God's word can be lost in our life. It can be stolen. The sower sows the word. Once that word comes into our life, we need to hold on to it. We need to embrace it and hold on to it and live it in our lives. The sower sows the word and the Bible says that Satan comes immediately to steal that word that's sown in our hearts. He tries to come in and take it away. How do we keep that word from being stolen in our life? How do we hold on to it? We keep watering that seed with our words. We keep rehearsing the word of God. We meditate on it day and night. We rehearse it over and over. This is how I live. This is the way I act. This is what I do. This is who I am. I'm the word being lived out because he and I have become one. No longer are we two. We are one. I'm one with the word and the word with me. This is good preaching. And we just, we keep watering that word. And when, the more that we water it, I teach this in, in our, our step two of our growth track, that we're to practice the word. The word practice, I, I, you've heard the term, practice makes, I like to say it, practice makes permanent. The more we practice the word, the more permanent, the more we think the word, the more that we practice thinking the word, the more permanent it becomes in our life. The Bible says that persecution and, and, and tribulations arise for the word's sake. And then people become unfruitful. They, they stumble. They, they get offended. The cares of this world, the lust of other things, the, all these different things enter in. The worries, they choke the word and it becomes unfruitful according to Mark chapter 4. By the way, if you're a new Christian and you don't know where to start in the Bible, start at Mark chapter 4. Because if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand all the other parables according to Mark chapter 4, Jesus speaking? We get in there and we need to understand that the word needs to be sown in our heart and we need to protect that word. We need to sow. We need to continue to water that word until that word produces a harvest in our life. It produces great things in our life. Let me, let me just give you one scripture, just for the sake of time. As I had a couple of other thoughts, but I'll just end it with this, because the word is most, most important. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10 through 13, it says, listen, to, listen, my son. Could very easily say, listen, my daughter. Accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. In I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Get this, verse 13. 
hold on to. What do we need to do? We need to hold on to those faith-filled words, those faith-filled thoughts. Hold on to instruction and do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. And if you and I will do that, I believe it develops a courageous mind that when God says go, we go. When he says step, we step. When he says do, we do. And God's able to use us in the way that he wants to use us, regardless of where you've been, what you've done, how you've acted in the past. You can pick up and you can change your life today. Amen? Let's pray. Father,